When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me in the King Power Stadium today is Jordan Blackwell. Good afternoon. Uh, hi, Jordan. How are you doing? Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Good, yeah. good, good. Good to have you back. Now, um, we've just been sat through Club Powell's uh, press conference ahead of the uh, visit of West Ham United. Um, we'll kick straight off with the team news, Jordan. And there was um, some worrying uh, news about Jamie Vardy. Yes, the stomach problems that he suffered uh, on Monday night against Arsenal. Uh, fans may have seen him um, run off the pitch with about five minutes to go. Um, he's still struggling with those a little bit. I think Powell said after the game on Monday that although he'd had the problems, he, he, he'd recovered um, and he was in a better condition. Uh, he said today, on Thursday, that those problems actually continued for another couple of days. Uh, and he did not resume training until Thursday. Um, so, yes, there's a, a little bit of a problem there because he's now a, a doubt for Saturday. Puel is fairly hopeful. Um, and he suggested later on that there was only two players definitely unavailable, which were Wes Morgan, who suspended, and, and Matty James. Um, so that suggests that Vardy may be OK. And I think usually in these scenarios, he does recover enough that they... Um, that they get him back. Well, now we normally talk about Jamie Vardy as being vital to Leicester City and how they play the talisman, but it was quite clear on Monday night because you were with me at uh, the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal, um, that he wasn't himself on that occasion, uh, even before he disappeared down the tunnel. Yeah, it, he didn't. He didn't look himself. Uh, look like himself. I mean, he um, he touched the ball eleven times in total in the the eighty five minutes or so that he was on the pitch for. Um, for comparison, Nakazaki came on for the final 15 minutes and touched the ball three more times. Um, so that says something. He didn't have a single shot. I think he, he attempted four passes and only completed one. Um, so, that, yeah, that either indicates that he was under the weather the whole match or perhaps the new formation didn't quite help him because I know that both with Madison back in the middle, Ian Nacho and Vardy sort of had to push wide um, to create the space in the middle for Madison and we've seen... Vardy played wide before and it's never really worked um, Pearson tried him there and I think Hodgson tried him there when he first started playing for England so there's possibly things to do with that and yeah he, although Leicester played very well in the first half none of that was really to do with Vardy it was just they were just playing very well in general um, so if, if Leicester are going to play the same system perhaps it wouldn't be a massive blow if, if Vardy's missing um, but I think you do you do miss his pace on occasion if when he's not there. Well, you can see him growing in frustration, can't you? And, and at times because he wants the ball played early, he likes to get on the shoulder of the last defender and make those runs. But the ball just isn't coming at, at times, is it? Um, you know, there's a lot of delay. I mean, Mendy and the Diddy, uh, as good as they are destructively, I haven't quite got that vision to be able to play that early ball that Vardy needs. No, I think there was a few. The only real balls sort of into space were down the right where Ian Nacho chased there was a few at the start of the game and one very early on where he managed to create a shooting chance for himself where balls were actually played around the outside of the defence and he was able to run onto it 
those didn't really come down Vardy's side. Now I don't know whether that was because Vardy wasn't making the right runs to um, on Monday. But yeah, he does want the ball early. He does want the ball over the top, something that he can um, chase. And as you say, there's not really in in Mendy and Ndidi. There's not really um, players that can do that. Although Ndidi did play a very good one um, in the previous game at Everton when Michael Keane pulled Vardy back and he perhaps could have got a penalty. Um, but yeah, you're really relying on Madison and, and maybe the full-backs slash wing-backs to, to do that job. Um, yeah, and it can, it can be difficult. We, we've seen him isolated before. I think he does have more options around him now than he has done in the past. But occasionally he does, he does find it difficult. In that, with that in mind, I mean, I've been watching Mendy now. And I've been very impressed with him this season um, from the start. But I've just seen in the last few games, the Everton game and, and Arsenal, signs of him... Perhaps being a bit fatigued because he hasn't played a lot of football injury free uh, over the last two years, and he's been playing back to back games. He's playing a lot of games. I know there's been international break in the middle, um, but he's been playing a lot of football this season, much more than he's played over the last couple of years. Did you see uh, a sign that perhaps he, he might need a little break and a bore coming? Yeah, I mean there was there was a few sloppy passes. I think notably the the, the back pass that was intercepted. Um, usually, Mendy when he's pass, passing backwards or sideways, he's you know he completes it every time. Um, that's you know that's one of the things that you can rely on him for. But he's he's not doing that. There's been a couple that went astray. Um, he doesn't seem to be mopping up as we've said before. He doesn't seem to be doing that at, at that. The caretaker's lost his yeah. broom. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe. And I think I, I think when Ibora's played um, in the League Cup games, I think he's. Although he's not as mobile and he's not not as energetic, he does bring a calming presence, which I think is something that, that they don't really have in Mendy and Ndidi because they're quite because they're active midfielders and they're chasing the ball. Um, they're always scurrying around. Sometimes you need the opposite of that, which is someone who's quite sort of I don't want to say lazy, but you know he's, he's not a, he's not a quick player. He's measured, he's isn't measured, he? Yes, so he's, he's slow. He's considered. Um, yeah, he takes his time, and sometimes that's what you need, particularly maybe when Leicester had the lead, they needed someone to get on the ball. Well, I asked Claude in there, that's the reason why I asked him about uh, a lack of experience in his side, and he's certainly in that midfield, because I know uh, uh, Mendy's 26, but he's missed nearly two years of football, um, and he's he's not the most experienced of players, and they did his only 21, and Bora's been there, done it, hasn't he? He's yeah. got the t-shirt, the slippers and everything. Um, he is that sort of calming presence in midfield that perhaps Leicester City might need. Yeah, I think he's, his passing as well is is always very good. He it, it seems to have that, that progressive passing without it being without it looking too adventurous. So he'll always make sure, if he's playing it out to the fullback, he'll always make sure it's just in front of the fullback so that they can take it on. Um, it's little things like that, that that really do help Leicester to get forward. So while it might look like he's, he's not playing particularly adventurous passes I think that he, he can it does have a wide range um, of passing um, so yeah I think it, it would be nice to see him I think we'll I don't think we will see him this weekend I think he will play the League Cup game against Southampton next Tuesday um, but I think another good performance there and maybe then well we'll maybe we'll think about switching it around um, talking about switching it around he's got another option back Damari Gray yes. uh, he's confirmed that he's recovered he's had a full week of training and uh, he should be in the squad would you throw him straight in? Um, I wouldn't throw him in from the start uh, I would 
this weekend I would start with the lineup that started on at Arsenal and, and, that, and that formation. I, I really like that. But I think as an option from the bench, I'd like to see Gray. I thought Gray did really well at the start of the season. Um, but he, he still he still struggles, and I know this is always the uh, the criticism of him that although he can look as good as he wants, when you look at his assisting goals numbers, there's there's not much there. Uh, and so that that remains the criticism. But I think at the start of this season, he did he did play pretty well. So I would like to see him perhaps come on off, off the bench and. Um, Leicester didn't really have a threat off the bench against Arsenal. I don't think Albrighton, Nakazaki, and Gazal. Albrighton, Nakazaki are not. The, they'll help other players become more threatening, but they're not necessarily a threat themselves. And Gazal seems to be struggling a little bit at the minute. So I think having Gray on the bench would give. City a, a really good option. Well, the uh, press conference wasn't just about team news. We also had to reflect on a year of Claude mm. at the helm as Leicester City manager. It's a year today as we speak that Claude took over, and it's been um, an up and down twelve months, shall we say? He's had uh, he's had a lot of praise for bringing along the youngsters, and uh, certainly there's been some good results in there. But he's also had his critics as well, um, and he sort of divides opinion amongst the supporters as well. How would you assess the first year of Claude's tenure? Um, I, I think it's, I mean, steady is probably the word I would use in terms of the, certainly in terms of the the performances and results. I think the the grand plan he's got going on, sort of off the field, means that steady results is actually quite good because he's he's trying to build the team for the future he's essentially turning around a squad completely moving away from the core group that won the league um, and moving to a, a new group of players he's also trying to in- introduce a new style of play one that could that enable City to play against other certain types of opponents ones that, that sit deep um, so bear in mind he's trying to do all of that and build for the future uh, uh, and whatnot. I think to have the amount to, to have accumulated the amounts of points he has um, is pretty good. Uh, I think fifty points he's got in the thirty-eight game, thirty-eight league games, which is that would see you finish eighth, ninth, or tenth pretty much every Premier League season, which I think is fine. Um, obviously, there's ambitions to move higher than that, but I think for a first year, that's not too bad. Especially when you've seen a team in transition here, we've seen a lot of the uh, title-winning squad now. Um, benched, uh, left out of the squad and Andy King, Danny Simpson, Christian Fuchs, Shinji Okazaki's been a bit part player this season. There's a real transformation going on with this team. It's a very young, youthful team and with that youth you might get some great entertaining uh, moments but you'll also get the inconsistencies and frustrations as well. Did that Arsenal game on Monday night pretty much sum up where Leicester City are? I think so, yeah, because it was... That was the that first half performance was probably as good as it's been. I think certainly that the, the first thirty minutes. I mean, the the Arsenal didn't have a shot inside Leicester's box until the forty second minute. You know, to keep at to restrict a team to pot shots from the edge of the area for that long. Um, showed you how well they were doing in defence and they were playing really good stuff going forward as well and created a lot of chances although some were from set pieces some were from open play but there was that varied um, play and so that was really promising and that's was kind of the, the accumulation of all the um, the promising play that we have seen and then it just disappeared and they realised okay well actually we're Leicester still are some way off those top teams because Arsenal did things in the second half that 
Leicester couldn't think, dream of doing the way Ozil played some passes and, and cut City apart um, so yeah and it, I suppose it epitomised the, the split in the, the fan base with, you know, with you know, a good section of fans sort of believing in, in Boyle's ideas and the other half yet to be convinced that he's the he's the right man so um yeah I think it it did uh, it did something some things up well it's an important game on Saturday for him now uh, West Ham uh, obviously the disappointment of Arsenal and the even more so the Everton defeat um the, the before the international break uh, West Ham what have you made of them this season Arnautovic seems to be the main man stop him and you stop West Ham don't you? yes I think he I think he's very he's a very good striker I think he's got I think and Claude said it today that He's got a very good all-round game in that he can get in behind and uh, score goals, and he's, he's a decent finisher. His touch is extremely good, but he can also hold the ball up and bring other players into play. So he is a, he's a, quite a complete striker. As for West Ham as a whole, I think they're improving. I think I'd I'd like to see Leicester play them at the start of the season when they they looked ragged, mm-hmm. um, but they played a lot of difficult teams and. Those those teams battered them basically, um, and you know it looked like it was going to be another one of those seasons where West Ham had spent loads of money and nothing worked. But since then, they've actually looked pretty good. They've looked pretty organised, as you'd expect of a uh, a Pellegrini team. They're playing decent football. Like you say, they haven't you know an artificial. You know, I particularly liked uh, I look at Felipe Anderson as well. I think he, he's he's looked pretty good. Um, so yeah, I think they're they're a test. Uh, but I think it's a and it's another game of I suppose a little bit like the Everton game that although you appreciate it's difficult, it's still a game that you expect Leicester to get three points from at home. There's a lovely little subplot as well, though, isn't there? To this, the little background story, uh, Pellegrini and Puel, um, both of them uh, go head to head this Saturday, but uh, they've been head to head before 2010 Champions League knockout stages. Uh, Puel's Leon versus Pellegrini's Real Madrid, and it was Puel that came out on top. And he's uh, confessed today that he'd love to take City into the Champions League and have a crack at that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Actually, he said that you know, watching when he watches games on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, he, he finds that a little bit difficult because he wants to be there on the touchline. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're quite grand ambitions, but we know he's got a, a he's got a, a long term plan. Um, for the club, so I thought that was I thought that was quite interesting. I, th- I think Leicester is still some way from that, and I think Paul admitted that he said that the season after Leicester won the league because they were not used to playing every three three days and keeping that consistency. That's why they struggled so much, um, and that is a that is a big thing. You know, you're playing. Uh, you know, if you want to go far, you're playing six, eight, ten um, extra games a season. Um, and it's really difficult to to marry both the Champions League and the Premier League. So I think that obviously there's a long way to go, and that obviously Leicester then attempting to keep themselves in that position if they do ever get there. But um, I suppose it's nice to hear a manager say they have ambitions to get that far. Oh, absolutely, you want ambition, don't you, your manager? And uh, he is talking about long-term projects, and he's one year into a three-year contract. It was put to him today: Does he think he's going to get the three years? Uh, to, to see his uh, his vision uh, be fulfilled at Leicester City, and uh, and, he, and he knows he's in no doubt that you don't get a lot of time. It's a precious commodity in the Premier League. It used to be the case that England in England you'd get more time, 
than you actually do, uh, do now. It seems to have changed and shifted, and uh, there's even less time in the Premier League. And it'd be nice to see if he could just stay the course and uh, see his project through, wouldn't it? Yes, I think so. I think uh, I, I'm all, I uh, quite often advocate a, a bit of patience and giving uh, managers time. I don't think giving managers. If, you know, six months, nine months to prove themselves is, is all that great. I think if you're in a position like Leicester are, where you okay, you're not necessarily challenging right at the top, but you're not going to be relegated either. I think it's worth giving a manager some time just to see how well he can do. I think if after three years it's not worked, then I think okay, well that's probably the point. But I think I don't think a year is really long enough to to see a, a project through and Puel's admitted that he said because of the, the scale of the project he's trying to, to complete a year isn't enough and he said they're only just doing the, the foundations if you like yeah. Um, but yeah so it's, um, it's certainly interesting have you have you noticed any difference with him over the past year or so from when he first arrived well in terms of his uh, the way he is with the media absolutely yeah because uh, we had to sit down with him last week to reflect on that on his year and we saw a different side to him he was uh, very more relaxed cracking jokes and uh, a very different uh, Claude than uh, perhaps a lot of the public would see when they tune in and they see like a 10 second clip on Sky Sports or whatever and they and they hear him very speaking very softly and measured and like that. he's a little bit more of a character now he's starting to master English as well and uh, well obviously on the pitch you can see a big difference from the side that he took over a year ago um, the likes of James Madison now with a number 10 there a lot of young lads in the side Ben Chilwell's now the first choice left back and uh, I, I can see um, I can see a development there but I think patience is the key because you're going to get a lot of frustrations you're going to they, they are inconsistent they don't seem to have been except for Newcastle they don't seem to have been able to put two halves together in one game this season they're either having to come back from a slow start and, and, and a much improved second half or it's the other way around as it was at Arsenal where they had a great first half uh, certainly first 30 minutes but second half it was like somebody flipped a switch again and you're going to get that inconsistency aren't you with with, with young players that are still learning and uh, that's why I said to him about a bit more uh, experience in there just to help them through perhaps and and my personal views Ibora could, could provide that but uh, now I've seen progress I know a lot of fans don't yeah. and it's interesting on social media when we, they interact with us um, you, you, you get either one or the other he polarises opinion for some reason either people either love him or love the ambition and love the fact that the young kids are, are being given a chance and excited for the future or they've had enough they say he hasn't, he's clueless and he's got to go and uh, this doesn't seem to be any shade it's black or white yeah. isn't it there don't seem to be any shade in, in the verdict on Claude and I just find that puzzling really when you look at his track record and we just talked about experience of a Champions League beating Real Madrid drawing in the Bernabeu to go to knock the, um, the mighty Real Madrid out it's interesting isn't it for the future but it's, it's, he's going to have to put up with that and I think he's sort of accepted that hasn't he yeah I think he, he, he... It, I mean he often says he's unconcerned by any kind of external pressure because it's it's not his decision to make it. You know, if someone wants to make a decision to to sack him, then that that's that. He can't think about that. He's just got to get on with the job in hand. Um, so yes, I think he's. I think probably a year into the job, having pretty much the last nine months of that been subject to speculation about his position, I think he's probably come to accept that and just assumes that unless he ever gets Leicester back into the top six, 
there's going to be speculation regarding his future. So he does seem he does seem a little bit more relaxed about that than he did perhaps when those rumours started to to come around maybe February March time. Um, so yeah, I think he's um, I think I think he's doing a decent job and. Um, Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll see him stick around for at least a little bit longer. Yeah, and if they get a good win on uh, on Saturday, or the Propuel Brigade will be over the moon. And if they don't, then rest assured, he'll get lots of criticism on social media again. But you can read all the uh, reaction and all the build up to Saturday's game on Leicestershire Live website. Myself and Jordan will be providing some uh, interesting stories and features at the head of that game, and uh, they also have a live blog running on the day on Leicestershire Live, so you don't have to miss a kick. We can uh, bring you all the details of what's happening here at the King Power Stadium. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. Join us again next week.